okay. Unless you are the guy, unless you are Leo DiCaprio from that one movie, The Revenant, um, you are you're probably dead. <laughs> it also doesn't say what type of bear. Yeah. So I like to imagine that it was a uh, a group of koala bears. <laughs> <laughs> Drop bears, as they call them. Wait, wait. So, so hold on, <laughs> hold on. In your in your oh man, in your version of the story, the word mall takes on quite a different feel. It's like. Oh, hey, Balding. It's like, you know what? I'm going to shower you with some cute koala bears and see they how you feel. They were ruthlessly hugged. <laughs> oh, just like hanging yeah, on. No. He's like, I have no hate in my heart anymore after these koala bears hug my neck. Yeah, no. I sleep 22 hours a day. <laughs> okay, now here's the thing. Koala bears are not nearly as nice as people make them out to be. No, they, they are, they are fierce. They are, they are That's mean. True. That's true. So, so even being mauled by, by koala bears... Yeah, that's going to be brutal. Yeah, that would be pretty rough. <laughs> I'm just, I, I, in my mind, I'm uh, like, when when I heard that, I was like, oh, you know, maybe they just were mauled to, like, teach them a lesson. I was like, oh, so, so funny, funny uh, continuity here about talking about this bear mauling thing. Jessica showed me a video this morning that I thought was just, like, really funny. Yeah. It was just the inside of a house, like a camera pointed at the door, the inside of a house, and then you just see the door go and like slam open and like piece of wood fly everywhere. And then you see a small paw on like the bottom of the door. <laughs> like it wasn't even standing up. It, and so as he, as this bear like sashays in, it looked like he literally just like pushed it, like <laughs> hit this paw. <laughs> so case in point, I'm pretty sure if a bear can just nudge a wooden door from a log cabin and force it like to break, pretty sure if it mauled you, you would die. They're smart. <laughs> they can open a can of Pringles and yeah. all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So on on the note of um, brutal maulings by uh, large mammals, let's get started. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Zach. I'm Colin. And I'm Bob. And, and welcome to the House Plants Podcast. <laughs> like how you'd like do that pointer finger motion. <laughs> like you're just like directing yeah. a marching um, band. Or so for all of you guys <laughs> that don't know, these two are in my band, but I'm the director. So <laughs> I tell them what to, yeah. These chicks don't even know the name of my band. What are we talking about today? Talking about music. music. Media and, and the, the mission, mission of Jesus. Jesus. I'm directing you to say that with my finger <laughs> again. <laughs> so, um, so we uh, we are just now uh, hopping off that series train. We did an episode last week that was a lot of fun, and we're going to continue that fun. Uh, we did, uh, I guess, uh, oh, <laughs> question crossfire things like that. And so, yeah, today we um, are going to be doing another fun episode, and what that will entail is a lot of the first one, the music of the three M's. And so, what was a lot of fun for us was we decided a few weeks ago that we would each pick a hint, uh, a, a psalm rather. And make a song out of it. And uh, typically, psalms mm-hmm. end up being hymns a yeah, lot buddy. of the time. So you might hear a little unless they're one. Chris Tomlin, <laughs> yeah. or yeah. his love endures forever, or any any other modern worship music person <laughs> yeah. for the most part, except for the Gettys, who do a lot of hymny sounding songs. True. Um, yeah. So yeah, as we uh, as we kind of get into this episode, you're going to see the layout, the structure, a little differently. Because uh, we're not going to be doing an opening worship song. In fact, we're going to be doing three in the middle worship songs. So I am just going to go just ahead. had to make it difficult today. We did. Yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and just uh, play some music. And we are going to do a, for the first time ever on the podcast, a popcorn prayer where all three of us pray, which will kind of like reset the order a little bit. 
Um, so yeah, I'll just go ahead and play a little something. And I guess, Bob, we should probably start with you. So you got it. Daddy, I'm thankful for this opportunity to, uh, <clears throat> to share talents and, um, and to see, uh, see your glory shine through. Um, I ask that you would, uh, bless this time and, uh, bless those around us. Um, those who are struggling with illness and uh, those who are struggling with uh, even meeting together um, in this season. And so we we pray that your, your presence would be around them and that they would feel you. Um, let them know that you are there, that you are present for them. God, I thank you that you are so good to us and that your word reveals how good you are. Um, thank you that we can look to the Psalms to be encouraged, um, to feel that the Psalms like take us through every emotion and um, bear with us in our tears and uh, bring us to joy when you're calling us to joy. And I just pray, Lord, that uh, this podcast would be an encouragement for someone, um, that we would just point it all towards your glory. And God, I just want to echo um, Zach's prayer that we would make this podcast all about pointing the world back to you. Allow us, as they say, to fade into the background and just let you be today and we pray these things in Jesus name Amen Amen, Amen. Let him be speaking words of wisdom to us let him be That's right That's my version <laughs> of the Beatles tune <laughs> Not Mother Mary even though she is cool Yeah um, So necessarily put her on a higher platform than uh, we need to. Okay. (laughs) Anti-Catholic. I mean, I didn't know that we had a Catholic hater in the room. Hey, you left the Catholic (laughs) church. So (laughs) you make it it sound like this big public thing. No, no, not really by choice. (laughs) That's hilarious. The way that you said that, (laughs) Hey, you left the Catholic church. (laughs) You left them hanging. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> oh man, we're in a silly mood. We're tired tonight. But that's funny though. The way he said it, I was just like, dang, I, I just abandoned the church. I said, I'm done. <laughs> I when made you a were statement. Like, how old? Like three? <laughs> I was like five or six. I, I made I made a statement. I went up on a podium and as a six year old, I was like, Hey, um, I like the donuts, but I did you take, did you take like a Fisher Price like nail and hammer set and put your like grievances on the Here's door? Here's the thing. Mary Cooler, Jesus Cooler, whatever, I'm done. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> All right. So, oh man. so if you're Catholic, please like us. <laughs> well, <laughs> seven of our 12 listeners were Catholic. So for the five rest of you still here, um, we're going to be jumping into the um, hymns a little bit. I'm sorry, the Psalms. I keep saying hymns. The Psalms, which, so funny. which are hymns. Well, they were like the hymns in the Old Testament. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I th- I think every That's basically song, what their function was. I mean, yeah. 
for people who are non-musical people, this might sound like an elitist statement, but the Psalms are literally just songs waiting to be made into a song. I, I know I'm, I'm mixing up Psalm and song, yeah. but if a Psalm is written out with a kind of like a meter and it has yeah. sort of like a, and I mean, and for all we know, the Hebrews wrote them yeah. with rhyming words. I think in Hebrew, meter. in Hebrew, they must've had some form that could have been musical. Right. Because there's even, if you look at them, like the one that I did, mm-hmm. Psalm 80, it says like set to the tune of like lilies of the field or something. Sure. And, or it'll say like, this one is a Psalm of David, a maskil. Yeah. And it's like, nobody knows what a maskil is. Right. It'll be like for the <laughs> choir, for the choir of the depressed guys who are from this place. Oh, the sons of Korah. Uh, yeah, those are good ones. Yeah. I like the sons of Korah. And so, um, yeah, in this episode, we are going to a, we're going to play the song. Um, and then afterwards we're going to have the person who kind of did the lyrics, like uh, whoever's song it is, yeah. we'll talk about it. And so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll have an opportunity to hear from Zach, from Bob, and then from, uh, well, Zach and then me. And I think we should do Bob last. Okay. His, that sounds good. His Psalm is in particular really good. I actually like it quite a bit. Um, so yeah. Um, uh, why don't we, good. I want to know something before we get started. Yeah. Okay. Um, what, do you guys just generally think of Psalms? Like how have they affected your life? Huh? For, well, for me, they've always been a source of, uh, of more encouragement and comfort in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I struggle with receiving comfort from words, but the Psalms feel different in that way for some reason. Uh, you know, so, so someone, if I can struggle with someone, someone can come up to me and say, you know, I'm really sorry you're struggling with this or thing. And it just, and be honest, I mean, it means very little to me. Uh, it's, and that's not meant to be like a harsh thing or like, mm. I just don't care about people or anything like that. It's just, it's just, I, I'm not that, that type of person to where words of encouragement, you know, are, I find comforting. It's, it's actions and things like that, that I often find comforting, but the Psalms, there's something different about the Psalms. Hmm. That's interesting. What do you think, Colin? So you guys know I I almost exclusively use psalms for like music when I write music. So mm-hmm. that's a thing. But just reading them, um, I've always said this about the psalms, and I feel like I've read maybe half of them really thoroughly, and the rest I've like just skimmed through. But all of them seem to me to be very relatable language. Yeah. And the reason oh, yes. the reason I say relatable is because they express where they are what's going on in their life, their feelings, things of that nature. And as a result of that, I kind of feel like I can connect with the, uh, with the state of where they are. And mm-hmm. a lot of them are very personal. So oh, yes. like the Psalm six that I picked is another one of those, like I'm dealing with bad stuff right now, but I still trust in you, God. Yeah. And so for a person like myself who deals with stress, deals with um, hurdles in his life, things like that, it's nice to know that there were people that felt those same kinds of yeah. feelings. So I find the relatability to be like very comforting to me. Yeah. So what about you, Zach? Yeah. Uh, I want to comment on what you said first. Um, the tenants, which are the president of our seminary and his wife, um, they wrote like a book of Psalm. They took the Psalms and they set them to like meter and rhyme. And uh, she was talking to one of my classes about it. And she said, um, the Psalms are the tutor of our souls. Huh. It's like they take us through all the emotions um, mm-hmm. and yet they are truth. And I think that for me, um, I, 
the Psalms hit different from other scripture. Like you mm-hmm. can read like um, Paul's very like logical arguments, or you can read um, the Old Testament law and God just kind of like laying out like here's what I expect of you right. or whatever. But the Psalms share the same truth, but they do it in a way that like kind of guides your heart through it. Oh yeah. So they touch. It's I found it very interesting because it's like the wisdom and the law and um, all the truth of scripture, but said in a way that's like in a heart language. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so I think that that's very important. So it's been pretty, they've been really important for me. Yeah. I, I always find the Psalms to be so interesting. You're right. Because they, they do touch in a way that doesn't. Um, I mean, and I like the the lighter half of the Psalms, the last section of Psalms there are the very, songs of ascent. Uh, yeah. yeah. They, they, they're very lament oriented. Yeah. And so in some of those, you read them, you're like, well, that is, whoa, whoa, whoa. That is, that is harsh. That doesn't feel right with the rest of scriptures, but you got to realize that this was, this was the hearts of the people crying out to God. Yeah. Um, oftentimes in a time of captivity. Well, we're not going to be going, we're not using those specific Psalms today, so I can mention some of them. But like, I always found Psalm 137 to be one of the most brutal of them, yeah. where it talks about actually taking the enemy's babies and bashing them against rocks. Um, that, just, that one is, that one is very uh, graphically brutal. I would say is, that the most. Is. I would say that the most it's, downtrodden with yeah. like no good answer is Psalm 88, Psalm 88. which yeah. I called the death Psalm. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, and we but, had that song that we shared on the lament episode. Oh yeah. 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 And so, so although it's, you know, the, the, these things, uh, it, it, it's not that they're not teachable, that, that there's, yeah. there's plenty of teaching moments in there where they teach in a very different way. They're not yeah. like, like, like this happened and this happened, or this is how you should be. It's like, it's emotion. Yeah. This, this yeah. is how I feel right now. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but it's how I feel God and do something with this. Yeah. Help me through this situation. So here's another thing that you can look at as far as analyzing a Psalm. It could be like a lot of these are songs to be sung, Yeah, but you could also interpret them as a very guided, like personal prayer to God. Yes. So yeah. in the, in the ways that people modern in the modern church pray, um, some pray like we do, which is that we ask God to be glorified. We ask God to be a part of what we're doing, but some take their time to pray. And like, like it says in Matthew to go into a small place alone and be with the mm-hmm. Lord. Uh, and some, and some actually like line out some things that are going on. Like they'll say, Hey, you know, God, I cry out to you every day. My enemies are at the gates and I, my my heart is filled with woe, but I know that the, uh, the joy comes with the morning and that you will sweep my foes away and all yeah. of that, which is why Psalm 92 says that it says, you know, though the wicked sprout like weeds, they will be destroyed forever. And so a lot of these, you could just straight up read them as like a prayer to the Lord. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. so if there's like a specific Psalm that like speaks out to our audience, and they want to like share that with us. They should on like a yeah. social media. Um, for me, I think that uh, sometimes I'm Psalm 88 and sometimes I'm Psalm 92. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing about the Psalms. They can relate to you where you are. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. in the Psalms, it says like, I lift my eyes to the hills or um, I want to ascend the hill to the glory of God. Or right. uh, other times you're weeping, you know, like Psalm 137, it's by the rivers of Babylon. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Or or you're so passionately joyous that mm-hmm. you want an entire orchestra. Yeah. You demand. Some of the psalms are like, we will play the lute to you and the flute and the harp. And then there's a bunch yeah. of people standing behind them like, 
thanks for just volunteering us. <laughs> like we, we got things to do. <laughs> I will sing all, all, all morning for you, and I will have a harp here and a lute and yeah. some horns, mm-hmm. and then everybody's like, yeah, good luck finding them on a day like today. It's pretty hot outside. <laughs> so um, anyway, so here's, here's, cool. here's uh, the thing. I think we should, like I said, I think we should go with Zach's song first. Uh, uh, do you have a name besides Psalm 80, or is it just Psalm 80 for right now? I haven't thought of a different name for it and it doesn't really have like a repeated. I mean, the only thing it really repeats is restore us and revive us. There is another way like every hymn out there. Just take start with the first line (laughs) shepherd of Israel. Lead us like a willing fold. (laughs) That sounds like a hymn I've seen before. (laughs) It's number uh, 838 (laughs) and your hymn book this morning. I'm not kidding. That does. That literally does sound like a, like a hymn title. But yeah, this is yeah. Um, this is Psalm 80 we're about to listen to. And then um, shortly after we get done doing the worship, uh, we're going to hear from Zach about uh, why and how and a bunch of different ways that he wrote it and how he was inspired. So, um, yeah, so let's get to it. Return 
been cut down and burned in the flame. We'd perish at your rebuke. Your hand rests on the man, your son that you've raised. Then we will not turn from you. Beautiful song. I yeah, enjoyed buddy. it. I'm sorry that I couldn't sing harmony, but I was too busy being fancy with my guitar. You had some nice uh, general pickings there. My yeah. dog Rain would say that those were some good licks. Some good licks. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a, that, that's yeah. one of my favorite jokes that Zach ever did. Because when I was living was, in your trailer, yeah. Um, yeah, Rain would come over and lick the guitar, and I'd be like, "Oh, she's well, doing some guitar licks." Well, Zach was like, <laughs> Zach was being nice to Rain, but he also wanted his like personal space. Uh-huh. So I'd be like, personal "No space." I'd say, "No, don't get up on don't don't lick on Zach." And then eventually, she would just lick his guitar like. At least I could lick this instead of him. <laughs> so good. Nice. So, um, oh, you know what? Maybe I will do like some uh, questionnaire for you. Okay, just yeah, If, if you feel like that helps. Sure. Um, so, okay. First thing I want to ask you. I put a list of things here. So the style of lyrical writing. I know uh-huh. that's super important yeah. to you. Before we even get to like kind of how you arrange things. Yeah. Cause uh, I, I want to talk about that, but did you, did you, were you influenced in any way of trying to like make poetic language uh, or do you feel like you just read the Psalm as it was? Cause it's already poet poetic language. Yeah. Th- sometimes I like to arrange things in a certain way. Yeah. This time I almost kind of went one for one verse to verse. I kind of used the part where it says, restore us, show us your face uh, that we may be saved. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it repeats that a couple times in the psalm. So I kind of use that as a chorus. Um, but other than that, I kind of went straight down because it's kind of got this theme um, where it kind of takes you on this journey. So it starts with um, how we need God to show up. And then it talks about God's anger, like against the nations, right. God's mm-hmm. anger kind of against the world and um, how we need God to do something about that. And then it starts to talk about this, plant that God plants like a vine. Mm. Like I think in the, um, in the actual Psalm, it says like, you have transplanted a vine from Egypt. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because Mm. Jesus, um, went to Egypt as a small child. Their family went to Mm -hmm. flee Herod's persecution and came back from Egypt and, 
came back to Israel. So it's like you took this vine out of Egypt and you planted it in the garden and it grew. And it talks about how the vine grows and like wraps around everything. And then finally it talks about like the vine being cut. Yeah. You know, you, you have here, I think it's verse three. It says plant in these heathen lands, a vine from, uh-huh, your, from seed. your seed, drive out the nations by your hand. It's branches stretch out to cover mountains and seas far as the rivers from yeah. the sand, which I think is cool the way you rhyme hand with sand, because we see the word sand sometimes yeah. in the scripture, but not a lot. So I don't yeah. like always rely on it as a rhyming device. <laughs> yeah. I was just trying to, <laughs> yeah, I, I had some trouble coming up with rhymes that I was satisfied with. It kind of right. took me a while, but I think what I was getting at there is far as the rivers from the sand. Cause it says something like it stretches as far as the rivers. Yeah. Um, so I was just kind of contrasting. No, I, like that. I like that. The water. Yeah. Cause the nations, nations in hand rivers and sand. But then yeah. like, as you said, you, it goes on to say yeah. your vine has been cut down and burned in the flame. Yeah. So it, it, the, this one's almost like a reverse yeah. in some ways of the one I'm, I'm going to show everybody. The Psalm eventually talks about the vine, like being cut and burned and destroyed. Which, you know, you had your interesting. Chance. <laughs> well, it's interesting kidding. when you think about like what happens to Jesus as the son of God. Right. When he comes to earth. Um, but then it talks about how God wrote, God will raise up. And the Psalm even says you'll raise up your son. Yeah. You well, know? there's it's interesting, so. too, because this this Psalm, now that I'm like kind of hearing it again. Yeah. It, it sort of reminds me of the, the end of Jonah. Because yeah. remember how he's in the desert and God literally grows up like a thing of like. Like yeah, that's bush true. or yeah. vines to like oh, protect yeah. him from the sun. Yeah. But then the next day it like burns down, like it like wilts away. Right. right. Yeah. And, and, and so Jonah's super sad about it. And right. God's upset that because he cares more about the plant than it does the people. And it's interesting because people oftentimes to the chagrin of a few Christians make parallels between Jonah yeah. and Jesus. Not that it's a one for one, but there are certain like prophetic things about the way Jonah is kind of led and treated. Yeah. Uh, so, one uh-huh. of the things I like is this, uh, you know, so what, uh, so you've answered a bunch of questions that we have in this list. So I, I might just kind of like retread some ground. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the most important one we'll get to at the end is like, why this song? But yeah. I'm, I'm going to ask you, what is, what is the over encompassing message of this song? Like, what is it actually saying? What's the vine being cut mean yeah. to you? Do you think? I think that it's prophetic in a way. Um, yeah the Psalm is actually attributed to um, a guy named Asaph who was a musician who worked under David. So he was like a palace chief musician. And so they, he has written a lot of Psalms that um, have to do with like God's judgment. Okay. And so I think this one is very similar to like books like Isaiah that it's, it's talking about one day there will be judgment on Israel. It's kind of like a prophecy. Right. And I think of it as kind of having a double meaning because it talks about like this judgment that's going to come and how God is angry with the nations. And it's crazy that they're writing this because if it's being written during the time of David, that's actually when things were good in Israel. Right. Right. That's when Israel like kind of came into power. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when probably a lot of people felt like, Oh, nothing could ever like destroy us. We're like a powerful nation now, but here's this prophetic Psalm saying like, no, God's righteous anger burns against us. And, um, but it also is hopeful. So even though technically it's a lament because it talks about mm-hmm. all this judgment stuff, sure. it also leaves you with a hint of hope because 
it talks about the vine that comes. And even though the vine eventually gets cut, God raises his son to his right hand. And that's this kind of like idea of like a Messiah that they begin to talk about in scripture that's coming. Would you believe that um, a lot of churches use Psalm 80 as a scripture when going through Advent? Apparently. Yeah. So, I definitely, oh, can, I definitely can see that. Yeah. Um, apparently it's really, a, it's, well, it's a, it's a kind of like outcry of like restore us. Um, yeah. you know, the, the idea of like Israel being, um, kind of in that state where God is upset, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that that's an all too common story. Uh, but, um, I, I'm reading this one commentary that says in Psalm 80, the vine is Israel after their enslavement in Egypt while, uh, in the, Oh, which would also be a yeah. future prediction too, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. like it's, it's interesting because we talk, we see a lot in the scripture about like the scattering of God's people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like the, the, the vine being cut out, I, I thought at first it, it would, might be that God's like kind of connection to us would be cut, which is something that doesn't like, that's like weird to, to, to think of it that way. But Sometimes God God cuts us off and allows evil, you know, and yeah. so that's like where maybe they're at in that song, yeah, because of the like outcrying that that mm-hmm. is what God wants, but yeah. God is also going to bring His wrath first. So if you look at the story of Jesus, He is a representative of Israel, yeah, mm-hmm. because like all the and you can read the Gospels this way, like. For instance, he goes and he spends 40 days in the desert being tempted. Israel spent 40 years wandering the desert. And there's all these things that Jesus does that are like kind of this echo. um, Yep. Almost like he does it ceremoniously as a um, replay of what Israel's been through because Jesus represents Israel to God. Um, So when you're reading about how the vine is cut down in Psalm 80, it's, it could be that Israel, you know, Israel is punished by God. Like they're sent into captivity. They're rebuked. They're sent into captivity. Jesus, even though he's never sinned, gets cut. He gets pierced. He gets hung on a cross and he's rebuked and in a way judged. Yeah. I put Mm -hmm. quotes because it's a different situation. Sure. Um, But he's doing that on Israel's behalf this time. So I'm going to read the last couple verses of the Psalm. Uh, Starting in verse 16, your vine is cut down. It is burned with fire at your rebuke. Your people perish. Let your hand rest on the man at your right hand. The son of man you have raised up for yourself. Then we will not turn away from you. Revive us and we will call on your name. Restore us, Lord God almighty. Make your face shine on us that we may be saved. Um, So it's kind of like a crying out like, God, we see like, what's happening to your people. Um, and we need you to raise somebody up that can revive us and save us. So you, um, Mm -hmm. uh, so I I see it as messianic. Yeah. So, um, so you, you pretty much covered all of this, but I'll just ask you, uh, like definitively why this Psalm specifically, I picked it because we are kind of in the season leading up to Advent. We're about almost there. We're almost there. By the time this episode yeah. ends, I think we will be. So I wanted to pick one that kind of had uh, clear illusions that could be pointing mm. to Jesus. And yeah. there's okay. a few of them. Uh, there's a couple different Psalms. There's like 
Psalm 110, I think, is one of them. And uh, so I wanted something that kind of had that, like, vision of of Israel and that vision of Jesus. Um, I picked it because I, I think it relates to, like, John uh, 15, where Jesus is talking about how he's the vine and we're the branches. Oh, yeah. Um, that whole, like, planted imagery also kind of goes along with our Psalm uh, 92 song, <laughs> Flourish. Yes, it does. It talks about being planted. Um, in this case, Jesus is planting uh, his son like in this vineyard, which I think is really cool. And then finally, um, there's like an Isaac Watts version of this psalm that I had heard before that I think is really cool. And so I kind of took like that's where I got the term heathen lands. Ooh. It says like you have planted with your own hand a lovely vine in these heathen lands. <laughs> I like, like it from the Isaac Watts version. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, musically speaking, was there anything that kind of inspired oh, yeah, you we the music? About that. Yeah, we didn't get to that part. Sorry. Okay, so musically, um, I'm a bad question person. Okay, it's, no, it's, it's okay. No, no, I just I'm, I'm curious about about why, why he chose the the style of music he did with this one. Yeah, it's tough to describe. Like, I still I'm not a huge theory person, so I can't mm-hmm. tell you exactly what I did. But I knew I wanted to push myself to do something a little bit different than your standard worship chords. So I did something with a couple minors in it, and I was kind of going for like a bit of a brooding like indie kind of sound yeah <laughs> maybe a little bit like rock in there but kind of alternative <laughs> yeah uh, th- that's always been a style that, that you've always been drawn to is the mm-hmm. alternative rock so um yeah great job zach it's a beautiful hymn. what do you guys think of psalm 80 i think the psalm like you described it is is a great psalm uh it's very very yeah uh, ingrained with stuff about jesus which i think is really cool um it also is relatable just like i mentioned before it has the mm-hmm. outcrying um and it's and it's definitely backed up in a lot of ways by what we see mm-hmm. before and later about the way the people of israel both fear the wrath of god but also pray for his like renewal yeah and so it kind of is a good representation of like the people and their like woes and hopes yeah. so it's a good song it's a hopeful lament which is weird like, is you don't this get a lament very many song? of those Technically, it's considered a lament, nice. I think. Huh. Okay, good. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's absolutely beautiful, man. Well done. Thanks. All right. So I guess um, let's move on. Uh, we'll do, uh, I guess, my next. Uh, yeah. Uh, mine is based on Psalm 6. It is called How Long. And you uh, said you wanted to do a lament, didn't you? I didn't. I, yeah. I, I don't know why, but laments... Uh, Maybe I'm just a depressed, morbid, stressed out person, but I, I find a lot of relatability in the laments, especially the laments that kind of like are the person breaking down the, like yeah. personally. So we'll get into it. I'll, I'll talk a lot about it after we do it. A lot of um, a lot of people don't really want to go there, especially in terms of like worship music and stuff. Sure. And so I've I've grown. I used to be like that. Um, I don't know if you remember, we had like conversations about, um, I do about that Psalm 88. Like that was difficult. You were like, I don't want to go there. And I was like, I was, yeah, that was difficult right, gonna, for me at first. I'm gonna back off on this for a little yeah. while and just see, see if I can't uh, yeah. hear about this later. But I kind of, you know, I came back to it eventually and I was like, this really is important. <laughs> so uh, as a springboard into this lament Psalm, I will just mention the movie inside out. If you guys are familiar, she has, Oh yeah. Just a little girl with the, like the different emotional representations yeah. inside of her. What's interesting, which I think is actually a very cr- Christian message is that 
um, the the people, uh, I guess, inside the the things inside, they try and get rid of the sadness mm. because they don't want the girl to be sad. Mm-hmm. As a byproduct, the happiness person also gets like thrown out. Mm-hmm. And so, for like the entirety of the movie, you just see this like kind of like like kind of grumpy uh, malaise or whatever the girl's going through. And then at the end, it's this like fusion ball of like sadness and happiness, which is like good yeah. for her. S- sad and joy. Yeah. It's like great for her to get out her upset nature and feel happy that she's doing it. Mm-hmm. And I think laments, you can still praise in your lament. So that yeah. is, that is my springboard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's, that's a very like complicated thing to figure out, but I think. Right. When 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 you kind of make that realization that lament is also praise, like it can be very freeing for you. Just like the girl in the yeah. thing, she's crying yeah. but she's happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, so, so anyway, pay us Disney. All right. <laughs> so with that being said, without further ado, here is how, how long.
Yeah. That's beautiful. Thanks. It's, um, I did, uh, an inverse. See, the thing is Zach and I have, I think inspired each other to do sort of an, inverse. I mean, we always do. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be real. Well, that's true. But so you, you mentioned that you, you mentioned that you were kind of, uh, pushed to do a little more musicality. Mm-hmm. I was pushed a little bit more to do lyricality, if that is even that, a word. Yes. That, and that stuck out greatly to me on this particular one. You, it, it, it was, it was very, very different for you. Bob, as a person who, uh, kind of like looks at things a little more analytically, I, I, I felt, I felt happy to hear that you had even noticed that. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's nice that, that Bob noticed that. Yeah. I love the rhymes in this so yeah. i do a lot of this um rolling language in the ex- like if you guys notice in the verses you'll 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 notice i do kind of like an extended second part of a verse where i kind of do these adjectives of rolling language mm-hmm. and so part of that is the lament language that i'm using and so um if you'll hear like languishing anguishing agony uh proclaiming naming praising um foes woes flow um, shame, ashamed. Um, so day by day, that kind of thing. And it's, um, basically, um, a clever way that I came up with to kind of feel like the, the person singing would almost be like saying a run on of their like laments. They're like, like, like the sentence isn't over until I finish running on. Oh yeah. And so, um, and so one of the things I want to bring to everybody's attention with this one is how long the, the question is interesting. And I am, I looked up some stuff from a uh, blue letter Bible. Is that what that's yeah. called? The study. There's name? other Psalms that kind of use that question mm-hmm. to sort of frame what they're talking about. I don't know yeah. if, I don't know if the words are explicit. Uh, I don't know if the, the words are actually the same words used in Psalm 88, but they infer the same thing, which is this like, uh, when, when will you finally like hear what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. God basically is, is like the sort of the, the question. Um, so, so one of the things that's interesting is, uh, he, mm-hmm. in the, in the song, they list how they are feeling like God's wrath may be sent upon them. So they're pleading with God for that not to happen, mm-hmm. but they feel like that is happening. And so the big part of this beginning part of the song is this anguishing, languishing agony thing where he says, my bones, um, my bones are in agony and my soul is languishing and, and in anguish. And, uh, and then he, then it's almost like a random aside where he just says, Oh Lord, how long? And, uh, you really, you really, unless you read into like how he is asking that question, you may, you may not understand what he's actually asking. Mm-hmm. So anyway, you guys can ask me the questions. I'll, I'll, I'll fill in as we go. But that's my favorite part is the how long, how long part, which is why I named it that. Yeah. yeah. You kind of described your lyrical writing a little bit. What mm-hmm. about the music? What yeah. inspired you there? I went minimalist, but with a kind of like a hanging uh, minor thing. So like a lot of times um, I try and overcomplicate music uh, to my detriment in some cases. In some cases, I feel like it needs more uh, because I feel like for a long time, modern worship music has been very like, let's do the four chords and stuff. Yeah. So but so another form of pushing the envelope on modern stuff to be different is the minimalist like style. 
And so this really, mm-hmm. I think it only has um, four chords, but the four chords are like a minor, a minor, a like suspended major, and then like a weird, like sort of like triumphant second position major. And then that's it. So it's well, just a lot of like rounding around to this like mm-hmm. minor sound again. Yeah. It, it, you know, it may be simplistic musically, but I think that's complementary to the, to the lyrics itself in a lot of ways, allowing the lyrics to stand out more. Yeah. Well, that is a comment that Zach made about uh, like Robin Mark, for example, he may, he, he does have like a big sound, but a lot mm-hmm. of his songs aren't that complicated. The, the real power of, of I think Robin Mark's lyrics and music is that he is taking them directly from the, the scripture and, and yeah, fixating on a singular kind of like point. It's very cohesive. Yeah. yeah. So um, as far as the music goes, yeah, I kind of went more minimalist, but with like a emphasis on this kind of like minor lament uh, feeling. So they very go. awesome. Yeah. All right. Come on. What else you got for me? <laughs> what else you guys got for me? I think you answer most of these. But why, why this Psalm? Yeah. So, okay. Um, I had never, I looked up a list mm-hmm. of lament Psalms cause I wanted yeah. to do a lament. Okay. And I realized I had actually never read Psalm six. And so it the, wasn't a super familiar one to me either. And then when I looked at it, I realized that it had 10 verses total. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, well, if it only has 10 verses, that sounds like split that up a little bit and you got yourself like a verse one, two, three, four, maybe. Uh, but the, as I read it, I became like, kind of like, uh, I, I became, I, I started to really love it. Um, I was going to go ahead and read a little bit cause it's really short. Yeah. Uh, so I'll tell you, I'll read it to you. And then, uh, maybe in some like story kind of like emphasis, And you can kind of, or maybe a little emotion in there, and you guys might be able to feel what the song makes me feel. So, Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am faint. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. So, just getting to that point, you already know that he is not doing so good. My soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord? How long? Turn, Lord, and deliver me. Save me because of your unfailing love. This is where we start to sweep up. We're coming up from the bottom. Among the dead, no one proclaims your name. Who praises you from the grave? I am worn out from my groaning. All night long, I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. Didn't know they had couches back then. My eyes grow weak with sorrow. They fail because of all my foes. Now here is where the turnaround comes away from me. All you who do evil for the Lord has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies will be overwhelmed with shame and anguish. They will turn back and suddenly be put to shame. So I really like that because it's basically him just like, just sitting with that anguish, but then he still prays out to God and he still says that like, he knows that God will answer his prayers. It's almost a, it's almost a Psalm of confirmation. Yeah. Knowing that though all of his problems are heavy, that God is going to like answer it. Mm. So answer the, answer the please. And so it's, it's like he, he affirms that he confirms it. And so that's, that's one of the reasons I really, really like this one in particular. It's a Psalm of David. 
So David writes a lot of laments. Yeah. It's weird. If oh, you yeah. look up all of the laments, a lot of them are David's. Um, according to, it is with stringed instruments, according to Sheminith, a yeah. psalm of David. So nice. Um, so that's that's basically why I did this one. That's why I wrote it. I, I, I didn't write it necessarily, but I did arrange it in an interesting way. Uh, the psalm was already written. Um, as far as like, Something, some interesting stuff about it that I wanted to kind of maybe like talk about. Um, there is not a whole lot as far as like prophetic stuff like yours, Zach, which is, it's, it's almost a personal one again, but, um, all of the fear about rebuke, all the fear about the anguish and stuff like that, you could make the case Mm -hmm. that Israel feels that way when like the armies come when you know the harvest isn't happening and it's kind of like sort of the same prayer you might pray if you were in Egypt during mm-hmm. captivity yeah. things like that and so obviously this is very relatable um and and it's funny too the language is a little different depending on which version you you read or listen to but he he flips the the word trouble around so at first he says i am i am troubled and then later in, I think the ESV, it says, but my foes will be in trouble. Yeah. And so it's almost as if like, he's saying, I need, I need to be saved. Uh, oh, and he also says, uh, I am, I am saved because of your steadfast love. And so he kind of takes the full circle of emotion with God. God is, he talks about God's wrath. He talks about God's, uh-huh. um, a rebuke, um, his, and then being worried and feeling like he is, being beaten down, then talks about God's love and God's uh, answering his plea. And so it's kind of the full circle and it's, and it's a very emotional lament, but it is very relatable to me. Very awesome. Awesome. So in one sentence, what is the Psalm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Okay. Let me do it. I cry out, because things are really awful and I'm worried that you are to blame. <laughs> no wait, not to blame. I'm worried that you're mad at me. <laughs> there. <laughs> there. And there then you know. semicolon, but you heard what I was saying and are happy with me now. Yeah. I guess that's not one sentence. I don't know if I could do it in one sentence. That would be a run on, but um, so yeah, that's it. Um, I hope you guys liked it. Uh, let's just let's just keep the ball rolling. So here is the f- the most special thing about this episode. For the very first time, Bob has created a piece of music. Bob, oh, no, no, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Bob created a series of lyrics. Oh, but I would not say he created the music. Isaac Watts, um, the uh, 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 one lady, the Fanny uh, lady. Hey, she wrote music. Hold on. There are lyricists. And then there are music composers true. and they mash themselves together. Charles Wesley wrote a lot of lyrics. I'm not sure if he really wrote music, the music. He tended to take music that already existed and write new lyrics to it. Well, I, I will say going into this, that uh, my bride helped me quite a bit with this. Um, and so she, she, at the very least for the sake of inspiration, so, uh, so it's kind of like Matt Redman and Beth Redman. Uh, probably not. <laughs> I, I, I would, I would think that Michael the, Gunger and his wife, I, Lisa I, Gunger, they, 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 they probably did theirs in a lot more cooperative and cohesive way than what my bride and I did 
with this one. So, well, okay. Well, we're, we're super but, excited but, to, but to either way. Worship. Yeah. So me and Zach, uh, we, we got together and read the lyrics and together we came up with a cool chord structure and a cool melody line. Um, I would say this was definitely one of the rare times that me and Zach did like a 50, 50 split on this. Yeah. We kind of did, mm-hmm. did it together. Zach we'll really, put, we'll put that recording on the Patreon. I think I, I, I will say that was really cool to see how you guys took yeah. those lyrics and then applied music to them. That, 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 you that know was fun. You know, that what's also refreshing is when me and Zach work together, there's no ego involved. <laughs> like yeah. if you ever tried to get with somebody who just thought they were really awesome and you're like, Hmm, what if you try this? Like what? I know what I'm doing. I know the chords. <laughs> No, no, just just be quiet and let me figure this out. I did say that earlier. <laughs> Only, it has nothing to do with Zach. It has more to do with me not being able to write stuff if I'm listening to something else. I'm very, like, attention deficit in that way. No, but it really did, like, we cooperated and uh, it came together. And very, we were inspired by kind of the more Irish, I think, folk. But Well, we wanted to make his more hymny because he yeah. wrote his in a very hymn-like style. And it yeah. turned out to be... Awesome. So without further ado, here we go. It's Psalm 46.
Let's give it up for Bobby. Bob. (laughs) Great song, Bob. (laughs) Yeah. Man. So, um, what we had, me and Zach had a lot of fun putting it together. I hope you guys liked that. Um, uh, I guess the music questions would be like kind of geared towards us. So maybe we'll yeah. just make that quick. We'll just yeah, say let's that get that out of the way. Me and Zach yeah. uh, had uh, a lot of fun. First, Zach established that it is in the same meter as a oh, 4,000 tongues to sing a oh, 4,000 yeah. tongues. And then we had to both acknowledge yeah. that rhythm and then get it completely out of our minds so we could yeah. do it. An, so original. I, yeah, <laughs> I sent it. I sent Bob something called common meter and I actually yes. sent him an index of m- different meters yeah. and tunes that go with it. Yeah. Yeah. Real quick. I want to yeah. talk about that because, because I, I mean, in, in high school, we talked a little bit about poetry and meters and things like that. The idea of, yeah. of, 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 of monitoring the, the number of syllables in a given line. Haiku. <laughs> yes. Haiku is another perfect it's example. Seven, five, three. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Of, of where meter really matters. And so, uh, and so, so, uh, when you mentioned common meter, Zach, you were the first one, I believe, who ever taught me about common meter mm-hmm. and it's in this 8686 format. Yes. And, and so in one of the big examples you showed me was the fact that Amazing Grace was in common meter. And then you also showed me that the theme to Gilligan's Island was yes. in common meter. And so you could actually take the lyrics to Amazing Grace and put them to Amazing Grace, how sweet this sound, who saved a wretch like me. I want, I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Yeah. And which I found to be absolutely hilarious, so yeah. but it's so true. And so it's so sticking with that. Um, I knew that, that that then it would be easier to work with musically because then you could apply whatever music uh, you wanted over top of it. There's and something so, about so, common meter that's just really easy to write in. Like it just you just fall into that rhythm. Yeah. So yeah. that's eight syllables and then six syllables, yeah. eight syllables and six syllables. Bob, did you ever feel like you were like trapped in a box with it or was it more like it helped you gain structure? I mean, I mean, the, the, you there's no doubt that at some points you feel slightly trapped, but I think it was more structural than it was really refined, uh, uh, you know, constraining. Yeah. So yeah, it, 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 yeah, but that, that, yeah, but that, that, that part of it was, was quite entertaining. Awesome. All right. So, um, now that all of our stuff, cause we don't want to hear from us right now. We want to hear from Bob. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Bob, let me ask you something. Yeah. I'm going to revert. We've, I don't think we've done the questions, right? I started off wrong. So I'm going to do at least get one right with you, Bob. Why did you pick this psalm? Psalm 46 is probably the most important psalm in my life. Oh? Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 this psalm is, is definitely one that is... Do that, tell. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so this, song ha, the, the, this psalm has been... Um, uh, I, I will say I've leaned on this psalm a lot in my life. When, when, when things are going wrong, when the world is crashing around, around me, this, this psalm is where I've turned. Um, I don't remember who first told me. I think it might have actually been my bride. Who, while we were dating at one point in time, she pointed out Psalm one of uh, Psalm forty six to me. That might have been the first place where I really dug into it in high school. But this has stuck around with me throughout all the years. And so when when things are going wrong, when when the world is completely crashing around me, this this is where I turn. Specifically, verse one, um, where it says, "The Lord is my refuge and my strength, and ever present help in times of trouble." Um, nice. the, that verse right there specifically has meant so much to me. I want to say a little footnote. At one point, me and Zach were uh, figuring out the song, and he had Bob had written a lyric a certain way, and me and Zach 
it was it was a lyric with the words ever present in it and it felt like a sort of awkward lyric uh, uh rhythmically mm-hmm. and and zach was like hey maybe we should do forever and i was like yeah i like that and then bob was like I can't bend on the ever-present. It's got to be ever-present. I'm but, glad uh, that you uh, kept it. I'm glad that you kept yeah. it because now that we've read the psalm, I understand why. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, 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 Zach asks, are you married to it? It's like, I'm not married to it, but I would say I'm Secretly, kind of partial to it. Secretly, <laughs> he was married to it. No, Bob, you're no. absolutely right. That needed to be... I had forgotten that that is how the first verse yes. of this psalm goes, and it really... Well, well, can't do it. Yeah, you got well, you to well, stick with that. No, no, but, but the reason why I was willing to bend on it potentially was the fact that that is... When you look at verse 1 of the song, that is... It, it, it is, in fact, the, the first two lines of verse 1 is verse 1 of the psalm. That's right. Yeah. So I, like, so, 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 so I was willing to bend on it because it was there. It was already there in verse in the in verse one. I, True, there is a there is something to be. Said I like of, what we settled on. Yeah. 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 There is something to be said about um, kind of like rehashing what you've said in the verse versus and in the chorus. Um, I actually lean towards doing that, even though it doesn't. Yeah. It, maybe it sounds redundant. I actually like kind of having similar phrases in the verse and in the chorus, only because. If your intention is to like hone, like hone in on something, then it works to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I, I like that we left ever present in. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, so why'd you pick the psalm? Obviously, one of your favorites, maybe one yeah. of your favorite Bible verses. Uh, quite pro, quite pro- probably, yeah. It is definitely yeah. it's definitely up there. I want. I'm not sure if it's my favorite verse entirely. Top but, ten. But yeah, oh, by far, easily. Okay. I would even go as far as say top five. Yeah. Dang. All right. So um, I love it too. I mean, it shows just the the sovereignty and the mightiness of God. Yes. And so, yeah. and so which is why I love the psalm. The psalm talks so much about about the fact that the world is is going completely mad around me. I have no control of it whatsoever. <laughs> and, 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 but but God is still sovereign and all. God is still strong. He he is where yeah. I'm leaning. He, he I mean, it talks about his mighty city. Um, uh, my bride mentioned to me that in in the context, this is probably referring to the city of Jerusalem. Uh, where where God's spirit was dwelling at the time, whereas as a 21st century follower of Jesus, I view the, I, I I did not initially interpret it this way, and saw the mighty the city of God as it's mentioned in in the in the Psalm more as like what is to come in the Book of Revelation. But I, but she's right. I mean, what what they're referring to here was in fact the city of Jerusalem, and praying that 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 does not fall, that yeah. that the God's city will stand, and although. At times throughout history, Jerusalem did not stand. In many ways, it's still, I mean, the fact that it still exists even to this day, it is still a landmark, a very mm-hmm. important landmark in our world, shows how the fact that in the end, Jerusalem, although it may have been brought to its knees a time or two, it is still standing. So a lot of studies, I looked up some stuff about Psalm 46. It says a lot of studies uh, say that verse 5 is actually referencing Abraham um, and alluding to this like... Uh, this idea of like praying at daybreak sort of thing. Mm, um, okay. So uh, I, I just look up like a blue letter Bible sometimes and like look up little like study things like that. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting though. Cause it's like, I guess, like you said, it's, it's basically a Psalm to remind us that God is a source of like power when like times mm-hmm. are tough. So that kind of falls into the same sort of like scope of laments in another way. It's very like affirming of the joy part, yeah. 
So that's why I've always said that like laments and hope and joy can very much go hand in hand. It is a cycle of acknowledging something bad and trusting in something good to take care of it. Cycle working through those negative emotions. Oh yeah. And so I really like it. I, I think this was a, this was a cool exercise we all did too, because we, we picked sort of certain things that sort of reveal kind of where we're at uh-huh. with God. I think so. Which is interesting. Um, you know, we, we all kind of lean towards a song that really is like a, uh, a renewing song, like during times of trouble, like all of us had that element, which a lot of Psalms, a do lot of have. the Psalms do. Yeah. But Zach specifically had a Psalm that was very uh, honing in on the, the, um, almost the, like a prophetic stuff. I was yeah. very emotional. And then Bob was very like hope in the circumstance. Mm-hmm. Very the interesting. Strength, leaning yeah. on the strength. Of yeah. Uh, so good. I really do want to capture that dynamic of, yeah. uh, of, of, you know, the chaos, but God's strength, but there's chaos and God's strength. The world's falling, you know, around us, but yeah, God, try, trying to balance those two. And it's, yeah. it wasn't easy. by and, any means. <laughs> and Bob yeah. also did something that me and Zach did not do that. I noticed, um, Bob, you actually, like to an extent you went off the grid as far as like how the psalm was arranged and kind of like uh put it put it in an order that maybe made a little bit more sense i felt like like whereas me and Zach we kind of just started reading from the top of our psalm and just kind of like re- arranged it in order yeah but, but i noticed that like you only have the two verses in the refrain uh, you know so what you did is a bit, basically you took you read, you read and understood the psalm, and then took it and put it in song form, which is, which is awesome. I mean, I mean, obviously that's what we all did, but yeah, I'm saying yeah. you you arranged and condensed it differently than me and Zach did, which was interesting, yeah. considering that you are yeah. the way you composed it. Yeah, was very good. Yeah. There you go. And full disclosure, I think I think it needs a little bit more work. I th- I wanted to get a verse three in there. Um, cause there, there's a lot of the Psalm that I didn't touch on, but I'm not sure it needs it, but, but, okay. uh, but yeah, uh, but we'll see. I, I might come back to it at a later point in time. We'll, we'll, we'll have reserve to see. that right. You're, you can be the George Lucas of your own song and change it. Yeah. So and even though like there'll be millions of fans of this song now that it's out there, you'll be like, no, it's not what I intended. <laughs> when, when you get to this part in the second verse, uh, we will see a CG city out the window. <laughs> and you're just going to have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was in the original vision. I don't know what to tell you. Bob, <laughs> what is this psalm saying in one sentence? It's um, a good question. I am not in control, but God is. There you go. Boom. <laughs> and, and, and I'll tell you right now, as someone who is very much a control freak, who likes things in order and likes things planned out, that is a struggle for me. Got to give it up. All right. Well, Sweet. we was this a good episode? I feel like it was. <laughs> I feel like we we um, it was a very different episode. We yeah. we did a lot more chatting and not as much of a structure of the questions. I'm sorry that I uh, kind of got off track okay. in the questions, yeah. but um, I think that it's a fun exercise, especially for people who enjoy worship and people who enjoy songwriting. We always try and do it at least a few episodes a year about songwriting the process because it's a lot of what worship uh, leaders um, kind of a. a aspire to but maybe they feel like they want to like stay where they're at mm-hmm. and so maybe this is a, a good episode to listen to to give you that first um kind of like boost of confidence to get out and uh, pick L- a little psalm. taste of Ta- grab a psalm uh look at it read it yeah. see if anything comes to you put some chords yeah. to it 
I mean, I am by no means a, uh, a musician, um, not, not like these two over here. But 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 I would say that so so this was quite a stretch for me, and so even maybe with the help my bride was able to even construct this. I'm I'm sure you can probably construct something uh, pr pretty interesting as well. Just getting the lyrics out there in itself is 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 a uh, uh, can be a struggle. Well, it's almost like an exercise of devotion to take a psalm and say like, you know what, I'm gonna like. Uh rearrange this in English and kind of say it in my own way. There you go. Um, and then you've got, you know, kind of your, it becomes your interpretation of the Psalm, yeah. but it's, it kind of helps you realize what you're thinking when you're reading it. Another, another thing too, to remember is never put anything in the Psalm when you're writing that isn't in there. Like who are you going to call? <laughs> 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 Who are you gonna call? God. <laughs> so um <laughs> so yeah, and never put anything in there that's not in the scripture. Just kind of like let the words be what they are, absorb them. I think it'll come a lot more naturally um if you if you rest in a in a scripture for a while. But anyway, um so yeah, we we hope you appreciated it. It's one of our other uh fun like kind of break episodes mm -hmm. where we get to to dive into some writing and some uh, musicality. So Amen. Hope you guys liked it. Please check us out on all of the places you get your podcasts. And please just leave us a like and a rating. It's so awesome. But seriously, <laughs> we want to hear from you. We want to hear from our community. Share us on all the social yeah, media. You know what? And, and Colin mentioned earlier, and I'm going to reiterate it. Um, it. Let us know on Facebook what, what some of the song, what some of your favorite psalms are. Or songs, both. Psalm mm -hmm. or song that you very much enjoy if it helps you connect with the Lord, then we want to hear about it. Yeah, Tell us about your favorite singer-psalm writer. Psalm writer. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Peace. Peace.